The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns... This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The lawn at our house isn't perfect. It's a mix of grasses that seem to go, grow at wildly different rates, often growing too long to comfortably walk through. But then there are also these little patches of our lawn that don't grow at all, the spot where we used to keep the sandbox, which makes sense, but other spots that just stubbornly wish to be dirt instead. Do you know where the grass grows really well? Our gravel driveway. (laughs) Most of our driveway is grass now. And I think it will be winter before it really looks like gravel again. So if someone has a trick to keep gravel driveways looking gravelly, please let me know. Grass also seems to really enjoy growing up through our brick walkway. One year, it got so out of control, we could barely walk through it on the way to our door. So this summer, I've had to battle the grass on our path, plucking up the little plants at their start so I can keep things walkable, all while avoiding any harm to the many ant homes on the brick path, per Maddie's insistence. So as I read the parable of the sower, I thought of our pathway and our driveway and our patchy lawn, 
of all the places that seed grows or doesn't grow, and how unpredictable all of this sowing and growing can be. In today's parable, the sower does what a sower, by definition, should do, scattering seeds all over the place. But it feels a little silly, even to me, someone who's not a farmer or a gardener, how these seeds are scattered. The seeds fall on the path. They fall on rocky soil. They fall among thorns. A few even manage to find their way to some good soil. For those of you who are mathematically inclined, there's about a 25% success rate of these seeds. This is definitely not a parable about the skill of the sower. Fortunately for us, this is one of the few parables that comes with an explanation. The verses that are missing from the passage is the place where they ask Jesus to explain such things. We know from the explanation that the different places where seed is planted are the different ways that the gospel will be received when it is heard. There will be those who do not understand, those who are joyful at first but don't persist, those who lose the gospel when other voices grow louder or more persuasive, and then, finally, those who yield fruit. We might even recognize these soil types in ourselves. The times when we've felt rocky or sun-scorched. The times when we were excited to do God's work, but then some of that excitement wore off, like the spiritual high and following low after a mission trip or like a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Times when we felt far from thriving, removed from God's living water, when it didn't feel like we were growing all that well. Or we look back to when the yield was plentiful and think that the church's best days, the days of abundant yields, might be behind us. But this isn't a parable of the soils. If it were, then this parable would make us self-conscious and critical of our yield. The focus would be only on the results. It's also not a parable of the seeds. Then we might question if what we're sowing is good. It's the parable of the sower, and it's the encouragement to keep sowing. What the sower lacks in skill and efficiency, the sower makes up for in persistence and patience. The sower didn't prejudge where the seed was sown. And since our explanation tells us that the soil is how people receive the gospel, this means that the one who spreads the gospel shouldn't reserve the good news for the people who look like good soil. Jesus spent time and sowed God's love and forgiveness in people who looked rocky and thorny to most. 
people who others would consider a waste of his precious time. Why wouldn't you give the gospel first to the most influential people, like celebrities and politicians and religious authorities, the people with power and pull and followers? Why plant the precious seeds of the gospel so widely? Fishermen as disciples? They aren't trained in reading scripture. A tax collector? They're so dishonest. The sick? They're probably sick as punishment for being sinful. The poor? They have nothing to give in return. The widow? She has no voice. Children? They're too young to count. Religious people, like Samaritans, they already have their minds made up. And yet, and yet, Jesus chooses the most unlikely of people to grow the kingdom, and it grows. So, as people who have received God's love, and are now called to grow God's kingdom, we are to sow like the sower. I know from my grassy walkway and driveway and my wildly inconsistent lawn that we are not in control of what grows, where it grows, and how it grows. We can try. There is a science to it. But even with science, there's mystery of what is happening just below the surface, of exactly what the weather will be like each day, what critters are lurking nearby to help or hurt your efforts. There's only so much we can control. But we can sow. As a church, we sow together. We share the gospel when we gather for worship and by worshiping in a variety of ways, offering different times and places and ways to connect. We sow seeds of God's love when we serve our neighbors, when we support IHN or the Beverly School of Kenya or the Little Free Library or John Street Soup Kitchen or the Garden of Eden. In all that we do together, in fellowship where we practice God's welcome and hospitality, in our education ministries where we learn God's word together, in our efforts to become a greener congregation and good stewards of the earth, we are sowing seeds, hoping that by our actions, we are growing God's kingdom here on earth. And sometimes we see it working. We see the results. We see the yield. We see the positive impact and the lives touched and the relationships that are formed but not always. Sometimes we don't see the results that we're hoping for and we get discouraged. Sometimes a ministry fizzles out or a program doesn't look quite like it used to or the return doesn't feel like it's worth the effort. This parable reminds us to be like the sower and keep sowing. 75% of what we do might not result in much, and yikes, that's kind of scary to think about. But that other 25%, even if just some of what we do lands in just the right place, the yield is enormous. 
more than we could ever hope for or expect or imagine, more than we could ever do by our own efforts alone. This parable also reminds us that growing is a process. After seeds are sown, we have to wait to see what those seeds will do, where those seeds might end up, or where God might be at work changing the soil. Most of this work is done in secret, below the surface and out of our sight, like last year's pansies that make a surprise appearance. Sometimes we can't even see the growth in our lifetime. But what things look like right now only tells part of the story. We can trust that God is at work growing something wonderful. And what looks barren might simply be growing deep roots, taking its time before flowering. In this work of sowing, we're not expected to be highly skilled or efficient. We are called to sow. To sow generously, patiently, without discrimination, knowing that people like soil can surprise us. To sow persistently, extravagantly, and lovingly. Just keep sowing. It will grow. Amen.